We've been telling you about this for years now. The only place to watch live golf on Thursday and Friday mornings is on PGA Tour Live. It is an absolute steal. $39.99 annually or $5.99 a month. PGATourLive.com is where you go to subscribe. Do it now. And if you didn't get a chance to swing by CallawayGolf.com and check out their content from the Open Championship, all kinds of pictures, what's in the bag, um, a lot of stuff with Henrik Stenson being the defending champion, make sure to swing by CallawayGolf.com. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast recording. The only successful lure back to my room here at, at our B&B here in Southport is uh, from ESPN.com, ESPN the magazine, Kevin Van Valkenburg wrapping up the Open Championship. It's Sunday evening, 9.15 local time. How are we feeling? I'm wearing my cutest Sunday outfit. I hope that you appreciate uh, how hard it was to get me back to your room to do this podcast. Well, I am excited. Um, this was a pretty a pretty boring day for a long time, and then probably one of the craziest major finishes I think I've ever seen. I'd say cringe-inducing. I followed Spieth for the first nine holes and then ducked back to the media center for a few just to kind of talk with other writers about what we are going to work on. And it was just really palpable how, like, you didn't feel great about what was going on. His swing just looked like crap, and he was not happy, and Greller was really, really trying to talk him back into it. And it, it just, you know, even if uh, if Cooch was making a bunch of birdies, you could sort of feel like, oh, it was fun. But he was just kind of treading water a little bit. It, uh, I don't know if boring is quite right, but it was like ugly. It was not boring. Fun. Wasn't right to say it was uh, uncomfortable. Yep, I would uncomfortable say. Um, I, I was just mostly I, I root for Spieth, but I mean, when it comes end of the day, I don't. It's not gonna like really affect me whether he wins or loses. I was just dreading the takes. I honestly was. I was dreading it. I just like this is gonna be a gust all over again. And I was surprised <clears throat> going into the round. There wasn't more of. Can he overcome what happened at Augusta? Blah blah blah. It felt like people were crowning him, and I, I even like mentioned on Twitter this morning, like, hold on a second, like this is not over. And I mean, he had a six shot lead on the back nine at Augusta and didn't win. Uh, three shots is not that much, and it, I we, still said that he th- was going to get it done, and he did. And I, I was kind of, I was pretty right, saying like, hold on a second. I the whole car ride over to the Burkdale today. I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. You, and you were like, to your credit, uh, you were like, come on. Like, all of a sudden, if he hits the first shot out of bounds, like, it's, it, we got ourselves a real, like, tight championship. And I was like, nah, like, he's going <laughs> to shoot 68 at the worst. <laughs> and you just weren't having it. And I think. Bogey uh, three of the first four, was that right? Three of the first five? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know who else was worried about the takes? Jordan Speed. Was he? Jordan Spieth said in his press conference, and I, this is the reason the reasons why I really like Spieth. People accuse me sometimes of being too in the tank for Spieth for sort of saying, because I've said I think he's like this generation's Tom Watson and stuff. But he is willing to talk about what goes on in his head more than any golfer ever. Like Tiger gave us nothing for so long. Spieth gives us everything, and it's his own, becomes his own worst enemy. And as an example of that, he said in his press conference after this, 
on the course, like literally, like while some of that stuff was going on on thirteen, he was thinking, "I'm going to have to hear about Augusta all oh. over again. This is just going to be." Jordan chokes. He can't win a championship when he has the lead. Like he can't close. He's, he's got nerves, and I think that's amazing. That makes him so human. Like we we talk all the time about how human Rory is and how refreshing that is. Jordan gets, I think, a little bit of a rep for being robotic and you know being sort of. Some of our friends kind of say, "Oh, he's just such a boring robot and stuff." I don't think that's really true. I, I think he that. he's corporate in the sense when he has to be, but he really opens up and lets you into his mind after a round talking about how he was nervous or what mistakes he was making. I, I'm with you in that he gets a reputation for being part of the C-suite and all, and just, he is like a perfect corporate image. But uh, it, it almost, I don't know, I don't know why I find myself empathizing with him more than I do other players. Like exactly, I just felt like, yeah, it doesn't really affect me, but I just didn't want to see a player go through that again because I because exactly what you, what he said is the questions that are come to him that you're never going to be able to avoid. Whereas, flip it on him now he wins, and we're talking about the second youngest person ever to get to three majors. Yeah. So that's what the the inability for the media group to keep perspective on what we're watching is what like. It's what made it not fun for me to watch this. I, otherwise, I might think that's kind of compelling TV to watch somebody struggle, but knowing how 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 much it was blown out of proportion at Augusta, this would have been like twice as bad, I think. Because people were so quick oh, to absolutely. crown him. They absolutely. were so quick to crown him. Crown his ass! <laughs> <laughs> Tennis Green would have never let this happen. <laughs> I miss Danny Green. Oh, uh, God. But, uh, I mean, he, has, he does a really good job, I think, of for the most part of understanding the macro well we all kind of have to focus on the micro like if you think about it the fact that jordan's contended in a lot of majors and won two prior to this is already remarkable yes. like that he i, I kind of wrote something that even if he didn't get it done the way that he's kind of looked at it is he's put himself in the mix like again and again even this year when he didn't have his game in augusta he put himself in the mix going into sunday and then he was just his tank was on empty and so that's kind of what you want to do. That's what Tiger always said as a golfer. Like, I'm not going to win them all, but I'm going to put myself in the mix enough times that I'm going to win a lot of them. And obviously that's what Nicholas did, like when he went 13 years with never finishing outside the top five or six of the British Open. So I think that's kind of the way that Jordan's able to understand it. If you're covering golf on a week-to-week and major-to-major basis, you have to kind of write about what's going on. And he does absorb some of that. He'll admit, like, that he felt like the pressure was sort of, you know, was much greater, obviously, when he won a couple majors. The responsibility is much greater. You just can't, Rory predicted it. You yeah. cannot understand what it's going to be like until you win a couple majors, and then everyone wants a huge piece of your time. Everyone has huge expectations for you. We're, like, blogging every single round of, or commenting on every single round that any of these guys make. If you think about, like, back when, even when Tiger, you know, Tiger existed almost entirely before the Twitter era. If Tiger had a bad round in 2000, like, newspaper writers were writing about it, but, like, it wasn't, like, all news bulletin alert every day. And if Rory shoots, like, 78, the, we're, the takes are just dripping from the ceiling every Before he gets day. off the course. Before he gets off the course. It's not and, even and, if, and if Rory shoots 30 on the front nine, Twitter's, golf Twitter is melting down. <laughs> so this is the, um, the environment that these guys live in now that's much different than what it used yeah. to be. And so you have to constantly remind yourself, like, I'm on the right path. I'm putting myself in the mix. I'm good. Like I, you know, little blips here and there are fine. And you know what? It's just our, we have a sort of a running thing about 
can Jordan get to like Phil's number of wins or can he get 40 wins whatever which is absurd 40 it wins sounds is insane absurd it sounds insane guess what it's 28 away <laughs> he has 18 well, no no so he's 12 wins so 38 no yeah 28 away so that's he has to get to 40 wins. he has 12 wins now okay so and he's 23 two more a year for 10 years that's what Porter's thing that's was. That's totally doable. All right. Yeah. So that's twenty. Yeah. Then you just got to win a few more. I think. I really think that the Porter's take, our buddy Kyle Porter, is right. People, Which, people listen to this know who Porter is. Yeah. <laughs> He's been on more than I think even Tron has been on this. Okay. Um, all right. So let's let's go back to this afternoon. Uh, tough start. I didn't even have anything to say on the front nine because Spieth had a tight sphincter, and so did I on Twitter. Like I didn't even have want to have any takes because. <laughs> Like I thought he was gonna win, but I was I was panicking. I was like, I don't want to live in this universe of of takes. So if he doesn't close this, thirteen happens and he goes full surrender cobra from the tee and hits it way right. And what 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 did you do from there? I was stuck watching on TV. I I gave up trying to get the viewpoint. We'll yeah. talk about Burke down a little bit, but it was kind of crazy. I, I wanted to kind of double check with what was going on with um our crew inside after nine. Easy way to get back to the media center. So as that was, I, I was going to go back out and I saw him hit the tee shot way right on 13. And I was like, well, I could run right out there. It's not that far, but I really need to figure, I kind of watch this on TV because to, I think to understand what was going on, TV was much better than being on the ground where like everyone was really confused. Like, was he going to have to take a penalty drop? Was he going to get a free drop because of the camera wire that was an obstruction, you know, there. And that's what I, seeing that surrender cobra, like, I thought, oh my god, that's the picture that everyone's going to remember. Is him just hands on his head. It was genuine disbelief, though. He like yeah. double, <laughs> double, like he like hesitated as he reached for his head. Like, did I seriously hit it this far right? And I thought he lost the ball for a little yeah. while. Um, but and, and I'm watching it on like it wasn't even. It was some feed. It wasn't even. I don't even think it was technically sky. Um, trying to figure out exactly what was going on and we didn't know we were I mean the the the, the whole lounge was just a buzz of people talking about what's going on and, and I'm trying to explain to people I, I think he's hitting three mm-hmm. he's dropping in the middle of these trucks and I think everyone's truck got a little bit of screen time on that and of course the like the image shot is the titleist truck with the titleist flag it's as he's hitting the shot from the range literally the best product pla- accidental product placement since, ever since Tiger's the Nike swoosh yes. comes up on <laughs> when he chips in on 16 like you could not time a, a shot that turns out better for your brand hashtag brand well because he went on to win <laughs> yeah, yeah. while he's standing next sure. to the titleist oh, I made a joke I was like this is not going to be the next titleist <laughs> ad but sure enough he goes on to win it but I thought there was a moment literally when he was going to say, it was going to reach such high comedy that he was going to say, well, can we move the truck? And that someone was going to have to run I and get, to... get the Auschnitt keys. <laughs> we were going to be there backing up the truck so that he could have a gap between, it would take the tiger lifting the rock yeah. in Phoenix to new levels of insanity. It was surreal. I mean, it was. I, I do not, he, it had to feel surreal to be on the driving range. In the middle of a major championship. Haitong Lee was out there practicing to go out there. <laughs> he was practicing out there and Jordan's in the middle of the range hitting a shot. Uh, I mean, I know there's some controversy. Like, how is that in play? I think I heard the rules official say something like, we, to be honest, we just weren't anticipating a player playing from there. Uh, I, I love Kyle's tweet about uh, the, if the USJ had just been like looking at this, they would have been like, uh, that's a 22-shot penalty. <laughs> There's no way. 
I mean, I, it, I didn't know what he was hitting. I didn't know if he was hitting three, and then it finally showed the graphic up there. I mean, people were, I even said, called it the greatest bogey of his life. It was just considering how much time went into that. He could have, if he didn't think his way through it properly, he would have just taken an unplayable and dropped right there in the heather, and then he's punching out in the fairway. He's making double. He said something really interesting. He said, if I was a straight driver, like, throughout my career, yeah. I would have made a much worse hole on that, a much worse score on that hole. Interesting. Because I've been hitting it all over the map, I know, like, what the rules are, like, really well, and I know, like, where I can take the ball back. And so, in his mind, he's like, well... If the driving range is in play, that's where I'm going to... I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to rip three wood. And Greller's like, dude, it's 2.30. And Jordan's like, no, no, it's 2.60. And he's like, bro, trust me, it's 2.30. Hit three iron. And so they were still, like... Jordan, in his mind, is thinking, like, at that point, well, I'm going to hit three uh, three wood up on the green and make a par. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I, it's going to sound weird, and maybe, maybe it won't sound weird, but I think that helped him. I yeah. think all of that oh, helped absolutely. him. He was at that point. He wasn't trying to protect a lead any, anymore. He's like, "All right, scrap everything. It's time to like play without nerves." Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how how you get to that conclusion. Maybe that time is what he needed. Do you think that like twenty minutes? And I go, we were thirteen minutes in this already, and we haven't even talked about Kucher yet. Mm-hmm. Do you think that 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 time that it took to do that had an effect on Kucher at all? Do you think it was fair? Do you think there was any slow play? blowback that is i've heard a couple rumblings on it but i just i want to be your perspective on that you know it was it would be impossible for it not to affect him a little bit thankfully i think cooch is one of the nicest guys uh on earth like jordan repeatedly apologized for sort of how long it took what do you do in that situation you can't sit there as a rules official i don't think and say like we're gonna assess your one shot penalty uh, you know, you're, you're bringing the rules people over and saying, what am I entitled to? Right. That's kind of what makes golf unique is that the the importance in the moment, if the player understands the rules, that he is entitled to certain things. And as long as you have the rules official there telling you, like, all right, let's discuss your options, then you're essentially pushing pause on it. And so I don't know that it really let him calm down. I think when he made that bogey putt, then he was like, all right, heck with it. Like, yeah, I'm one down. Come on, man. It, let's get it on. And... You know, then he almost aces. Almost aces. So it, it was, so Ray, our guy Randy tweeted, like, he's copying the Sergio playbook. And he almost did. Yeah. Messed up 13. Yeah. I don't remember if Sergio birdied 14, but Eagle on 15, yeah. same exact thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember the full sequence, but then, yeah, he went on to win after that. I mean, so that's just shows you, like, about golf. Like, don't. Don't think that you're out of it, no. really. Like you know, you can. I didn't think he was. He was out of it when he. I felt. I, I, is he probably felt the same. I felt better once he went down one, and like, I was jokingly freaking out about it on Twitter when he walked in the bogey putt. But that was the most confident he looked all day. He yeah. walked in that bogey, grabbed out of the cup, and I was like, all right, I think I think he actually still has this. Yeah. And we almost ace fourteen. I felt obviously really good about it. Cooch deserves some love though for the. Oh, way Cooch that played he fantastic. I mean, he. He played really well, and to just to be classy. I mean, imagine if that was, you know. Imagine if they weren't the last group. Yeah, that would have been. If there's like four groups backed up on that tee, imagine the. I mean, he could have affected eight people, and yeah. maybe it would have gone faster if they weren't the last group. Imagine but. though, if it was somebody who was surly and three did not have a good relationship with, and was really like uncomfortable in that sense. Like I'm trying to think of like who would have been really upset in that moment. Well, and, I think. You know, I mean, I don't. I, and, Probably doesn't fit the criteria you said, but imagine it's Rory. So go back to sure. like the Masters when they were paired together. I think from watching on TV, and we could kind of see that Rory was maybe getting a little bit perturbed at the pace sure. of play or he affected likes to play by quick. It. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Europe, that. Europeans happened. learn to play quick. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> and 
Um, in 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 their defense, they finished. I think they were, with that twenty minute incident, they they played in like four hours and twelve minutes or something like that, which for a two ball is not fast. But it wasn't. I don't know. I I hate the last group people talking about slow play penalties. That's the last thing they should be they should be worried about. But uh, that was just surreal to watch unfold. Like he's in the walking in the middle of equipment trucks and it just kind of escalated one by one. Like what is he doing here? They went to the top of the hill. And then he's shouting to Greller, like give me a round number for yardage and <laughs> round move, moving people out of the way and people gathering around him on the range to hit a shot and making a pretty darn good bogey after it. Um, and then birdieing fifteen, which was surreal. And then I think we, I mean, we can shut down the saucies for the year. Yeah, the eagle putt. Go, go get, get it. it. Go get it from Go the get it. Go get it. <laughs> he was mad. He just looked around shocked. Go, go get, get it. it. Almost like in my head, and this doesn't have to be true. It's not true, I'm sure. It was like they disagreed on the line, and Speed's like, I'm hitting it on my line. And then he hit it in. So go, he said, Go get it. Afterwards, that if he could do it over, he would have done it again. He would have like yelled and fist pumped or something. Yeah, no. But that what he was actually thinking is that all when you come to the Open Championship, like, in the players' lounge, the locker room, whatever, they're always showing like old footage of like old opens, yeah. whatever. And, he, and I guess back in the day, like I don't know what, what exactly he was talking about, whether it was the fifties, whatever, that guys would make putts and they would point to their caddies and say, "Go get it." <laughs> and so in the moment, really? he was almost like sort of like, "This is going to be on the he's TV a, yeah, like, lounge for go years." Go get it, go get it. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. I mean, I was standing there when he made the putt at 16 at uh, Chambers, the, the curling putt that sort of gave him uh, the lead after Grace hit it on the train tracks. And he, he sort of turned to the sound, the, the Puget Sound there, and just screamed. Yeah. And that was like one of the coolest moments I've ever had as a journalist. I think that this one tops that yeah. just because... What was the crowd like, noise like? Was it, it nuts? It just erupted. I, I don't even think people... It was so surreal for that moment that it went in. And that he was, you know, sort of pointing it. It was crazy. And then that the fact that, like, he said that he was like, well, on the next hole, I thought these are going to go in from anywhere. So just hit it in the middle of the green, and you probably make it. <laughs> How do you go from that loss to that dialed in, <laughs> legitimately, like in three holes? The the most honest statement I think of how other players feel about Jordan is Rory saying a few years ago when they played together at the Masters that Rory. Rory had played fine. He didn't make a birdie, but it was like a really tough day. And Jordan was slapping it all over or whatever. And Rory looked at the scoreboard at one point and then looked over at JP and said, how the hell is he three under? And that's just how Jordan kind of does it. Like, even on the days when he's a mess, he's somehow learning to sort of make buttons. I'm not sure if you guys have heard or not, but I've been playing a little bit of golf over in the UK this summer. And in a recent four ball, I was playing in by about the tenth hole. One guy was like, "Hey, can I? Do you mind if I tried your Epic?" By the end of the round, everyone in the group was playing my Callaway Epic. Uh, if you go to CallawayGolf.com, you can um, click on the products. You can customize your own driver, including choosing colors for the rails on the sole of the club, the crown, and the sole. Uh, you all, you, I've already told you guys about the increased distance from the jailbreak technology. Uh, college football season is coming up not too far from now. Pro football season as well. You can customize your your Callaway Epic driver with your favorite team's colors. You can add anything you want to it for the most part. And, and the best part of all, use the promo code NOLANGUP for $25 off your purchase. Go to CallawayGolf.com now. I mean, and back to KVV with like the Open Championship Jordan's recap. progression as a play. I don't know. I've never been more confident in him than I was this week, to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, that, that 65 was extremely predictable. And I've got to give a big shout-out to Tron. When we were out here in March, 
I swear we were on the second hole of Burkdale. Yeah. And he's like, this place is just speethy. Like, it just has speeth written all over yeah. it. And uh, I kind of, I, I think I just gravitated towards that because of him pointing it out that quickly. And it was just a, a, a perfect golf course for him. And, but I, I don't know, he was in such control of his ball striking. And I know we've talked about this and there's been takes on this and you've written about it, but about how people think he's just a lucky player or a really good putter. But he's never struck the ball better. And he's not the most accurate driver. He's good off the tee. People give him a hard time that he's not the longest, whatever. But with his irons, there's really no one better. And for three days, he put the ball in the right places almost every single time. Like, And this is a good... I, I know the course wasn't the, like, the most tough setup, but if you get on the wrong side of some of these pins, if you get on the wrong side of some of these fairways, if you get in the wrong fairway bunkers, if you get going on the wrong line at the wrong distance... You know, you could you know you could be hitting three wood to avoid this bunker, but if you go offline a yep. little bit, it's rolling out into this other bunker. Yep. Like that's bogey so fast, and again, watching those leaders that are going to be on TV the most, these are the guys that are avoiding the bunkers the most, leaving it in the right spots the most. You're forgetting about all the guys that are getting tripped up. Rory mm-hmm. got started out five over through six because he was just out of position, and you fall behind on those courses, you're done. Mm-hmm. So the amount that of like tactical precision that went into the way he dissected the course when his game was in order, he was a little mm-hmm. just shaky the first nine to I guess thirteen holes today. But uh, I just have so much respect for the way he he golfed his ball around that golf course. He I wrote a little bit of this on after his sixty five. I think he's the best person certainly of his generation but maybe you know one of the best you know ever at combining the art and the math that's required to golf like he can think in terms of angles and then he kind of can tell his brain like okay the touch required on this is this like it you know he he can really judge the wind better than i think most players that's why when the wind is up at augusta he's still fine and he can hit off side hill lies almost better than anyone in golf because he just knows like, all right, if I do this, the ball's going to move five feet right. And the wind is coming off four miles an hour to here. And so I need to really kind of commit and pull the swing. And then the sort of delicate kind of paintbrush touch that he has on the greens, like all of that kind of overcomes every, whatever physical disadvantage he has. Not, not every time, certainly, but like a lot of the times with Rory and with Brooks and with DJ, like mm. he's going to win as many times as more of those because those kind of courses, like they may not exist like everywhere, but there's enough of them that yeah. he's going to be able to sort of pick them apart. I and mean, that's the thing is, I f- I feel like I've been I'm a bit lazy when it comes to the guys that really wow me, right? Like the Rory DJ guys, the guys that can hit it so far. Mm-hmm. I I go with the wrong approach. I start thinking, how does somebody like Soren Kelson compete with sure. these guys? And the more you follow it more it's closely, for you. well, yeah, it is. <laughs> but the more you follow it more closely, it's like. Maybe Kelson is like better skilled than somebody like DJ. I don't mean that quite yep. literally. Don't take that that quote literally, but in that Sorry, it's I already, about I already tweeted it. It's get, getting the ball <laughs> in the best position after two shots or on par sure. threes after one shot. That's the you can be the best driver of it, but that doesn't mean you're getting the ball super close to the hole, leaving it in the right spots. And these courses that don't require you to bomb it. I mean, there's some corners you can cut at Burkdale, but you don't need to cut a lot of them. That there's no one you'd rather have than a really strong like mid iron player, sure. and it doesn't mean again like sticking a ton of shots and be stuck plenty of it, plenty of them. But it's confined. You know, if the that pin is tucked back left with a bunker short left, you just cannot miss left. And he didn't for for the major course of this entire tournament. So. I think golf is more fun as a whole when it's not just driver wedge. I think we right. agree with that. Like driver wedge is kind of awesome yeah. when, but like 
the equipment makes it so now that like a lot of guys can hit driver wedge. Yeah. And so when a course requires you to sort of hit three iron, cut seven iron, you know, or rope hook around the corner, four iron to the middle of the green, like those are kind of fun thinking holes. Like we've played a little bit of golf when we've been over here and the sort of way that you have to kind of adjust your brain a little bit. You don't, it, might not want a wedge in. Right. You may like yeah. off some of these, the turf, like in what, you might want the ball coming in lower to get it out of the wind. Like, I don't think it's necessarily an advantage to hit wedge into somebody. Can I say, I think that actually helped Rory this I, week. I like this take a lot. He, in a course where he took wedges out of his hands, and he's a as good of a mid-iron player, I think, as anyone in golf, but he hits so many wedges that he's not as good of a wedge player as Spieth or some of the other guys. For whatever reason, like, I don't know whether it's contact, I don't know whether it's just practice or it's, it's you can't judge the distance right, but... When you put seven iron in everyone's hands, yeah, I'll take Rory. Yeah. Like he, he really didn't play. He played awful the first five holes, and he finished fourth. You know, so if he doesn't go down like that early, like who knows yeah. what happens? I mean, I, I, do you think that this is? I don't want to transition too fast from Spieth, but is this week represent pretty good progress for Rory? I think, like, so. I think so. I mean, I, I, I'm a Rory apologist. That's no secret to anyone listening to this podcast. But I just don't get overly alarmed at a. What he finished fifth, fourth, like fourth, yeah. but again, three three people beat him this week. I know that he was not close to winning the tournament, but there's something to that, and there really is. And that there's three people on the planet. This is an open championship, so everyone can technically qualify for it, and all that. And three humans beat him. It's like no, I'm not going to freak out about it. Was he, is he probably happy with the week? Probably not. But I think he at least caught a glimpse of what he's. When he when he figures it out and he's gonna figure he it will, out, yeah. it won't it won't be a permanent figure out because he's just not that right. kind of player. Who is really? But him especially, he's gonna go on another hot, a heater and he's gonna be like, "What's up?" You yeah. know, I'm now okay. Like you know, I think that's what's gonna be sort of fun is that yeah. if you can catch a, a moment when he and Spieth are both kind of have their games really tight, that's when it's going to be really fun because that's what we've been wanting for three and a half years. Quell Hollow, I, I'll tell you, he doesn't have an excuse. That's for yeah. sure. I mean, it's it should it should happen at Quell Hollow. And I, I'm not saying he should win. I'm just saying he he's, needs to show up. He needs to not come out five over through six or whatever. He's comfortable with every tee shot there. He yeah. said that. They've changed the course a little bit. We'll yeah. talk about PGA. We don't even get too much PGA. But, no, I think there's tons of good signs with Rory. Um, and it, talking to him... The, the fact that there is not a, an alarm at all, and he really feels close, and he th- he thought he was going to win. He thinks he's going to win one next two majors, meaning this this Open or the PGA. So I think he's quite confident that he's going to win the PGA. I'm not. I've, I've, I I I think I take overall positive this week for Rory. I know there was you know two steps forward, one step back for the most part. That's kind of been the theme for him for this year, but. Um, there's, it's close enough and it's, it's, he just, you know, dug himself a hole too much too early on. But after that, I think he, from the last 63 holes, he had to be the lowest guy in the tournament. Probably. I would think. So we finished 10 or 11, 12, I think 12. So for, it was five over and they ended up five under, uh, be pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, something there. Uh, again, I just I just jotted down. I needed to point out that speed. Almost ace 14, eagled 15, birdied 16, birdied 17. The only putt he missed in the last six holes was his lag on 18. <laughs> it was just a remarkable, remarkable finish. And, yeah, and we've not talked enough about Kuchar and how, how well he played. I think people give 
people lump me too much in with Tron on like hating on Kucher. Like I make fun of Kucher just because he's I think he's a goofball and easy to make fun of. But I've been a huge defender of his game for a long, long time. I, I still stand up to Tron, and mm-hmm. that uh, you know I know he gets a, a rep for not winning enough compared to how much he finishes top ten, etc. I've just always argued that a ton of finishes in the top ten are a good thing, and he, yeah, he's not. I don't know. This was probably his best major performance. I think yeah. to date. Yeah, I mean he, he played he good was, enough to win. He he was in contention in the Masters in the back nine one yeah. year, and I think had a couple loose shots. But I think he's gotten a lot out of. Like his game. I mean, he's such a big guy that I'm surprised that he doesn't hit it farther. But I think like he kind of lost his swing, maybe trying to hit it farther. And he reinvented so himself into totally. this, into this kind of bunting version yeah. that and he drives controlled fades and stuff. I mean, you know, he gets it done with what he does, and he does it well. I mean, I I think that I, I like Cooch just because he's he kind of puts on this like aw shucks sort of demeanor. But he's really a big like smartass and proud. Oh yeah, he, he he's really woke. gives it back. Like he's to, woke. He can he can get at Mickelson or he can get at Tiger in ways that almost nobody else can and I I do think it helped Jordan to play with uh, Cooch today you know in a way that he, he's played on Ryder Cup teams played on Presidents Cup teams been friendly with him uh, but I, I felt oh, huge for him and I, he his family showed up at the like they were off 18th green he didn't know they were there yeah like and so he was like really kind of fighting back tears a little bit about his his oldest son was crying and. Gosh, I mean, like, I, I was getting teared up thinking about as a dad, like, what that would be like to have your kids all of a sudden be there, here, you. you know. Yeah. It's That's not of, an easy trip. I don't no. know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, zoomed over from Colorado. I yeah. Guess. I mean, I'm not, not sure what uh, it was, you know, how, why, you know, exactly. I mean, they must have thought, well, if, he's, if he wins, we might we we have be to there be there. For there. It. Even if he doesn't win, we yeah. should be there for him. Yeah. But it's uh, it shows you, like, how hard it is to kind of, we, we always focus on the winners. I kind of like stories sometimes about people who feel devastated by it because I, I walked in the locker room sort of just looking to see if there's any guys there to talk about Spieth and, and Kucher's caddy is there just with his hands and his, his face just feeling like just crushed, you know, like he was doing all, I think caddy was, uh, I forget the caddy's name. John Wood. John Wood, yeah. He, he was, he and Kucher walking up 14, okay, after the crazy mess that uh, Jordan went on and, or walking up 15 and I'm walking with them essentially like, Five feet behind him, and he Woody's get him t- to talk about his travel plans for the Bridgestone. Like he's tied for a major championship, right? Five holes, and he's like, so yeah, Woody, he's got the same house in the Bridge Bridgestone, or whatever. And and Coop's like, yeah, and Woody's like, oh yeah, that's what I'm staying with you, right? Like, uh, he's like trying to keep him loose, kind of yeah. keep it light. It was like such a sort of like, I like that smart, guy, John. Yeah, he's been on Bacon's pod. He's yeah. really good. And he, I think that spoken guy is, and the fact that Coach is kind of cool with that. I, I, there was a moment early on when. Jordan was super tight. I think it was like I was falling with him three holes. So he's bogeyed two of the first three. And they're walking up the short one. Maybe it's five. Around, it goes yeah. dog leg, right? Yeah. And Cooch starts like talking to him and just joking with him, whatever. And they hadn't really talked much, whatever. And I was like, you know, and Cooch initiated it. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool of Cooch to do. Like he can sort of sense like Jordan's all over the place. Like, you know, why not just like have a friendly, normal conversation yeah. with him, even though like, you know, if you, if you gave him the ice cold stare, like Tiger used to do to people... Jordan might get even more sort of anxious there. Maybe, like, he just is a little bit able to sort of, you know... Cooch is too nice. Too I mean, nice. Imagine... That's, that's going to be somebody's <laughs> column. I don't know. Imagine, but imagine if Tiger was standing in that 13th fairway while Phil was off making, taking 21 minutes uh, over on the driving range. That was such a Phil thing for Jordan to do. It really Except was. for mostly Phil kind of continued to screw those things yeah, up. Yeah, and that was the end for Phil yeah. when that happened. So, well, One thing I noted... 
not to get not to switch back to Rory. Uh, just fo- I followed him for a decent amount of like the first three days. First of all, the viewing was a bit tough at Burkdale. You had yeah. a lot better access than I had. I wasn't able to get inside the ropes. The excitement level of the British fans for Rory is it's crazy. It's it's amazing to watch. That's why. Uh, so I wanted to f- to continue to watch, even though I couldn't see much golf, to yeah. soak up that vibe because. Like, the passion in which the people cheer for him, it's not like, come on, Rory. Mm -hmm. It's like, come on, Rory, lad. Come on, man. Like, they just really get into it, and they're honestly, like, trying to root him on. And Like, come on, It's just, I don't know. It's really cool. I don't think there's anyone else in the game playing today that would get those fans as excited as he did. And it was... It was crazy. It's bigger than it is in the U.S. But I'll say, in the U.S., like, people get... People love They love that. They do. Sort of feeling too. I don't know what it is about Rory. You know, there's that French thing like je ne sais quoi. It's like the undescribable sort of yep. something you can't quite like put it in terms. And like Rory has that or whatever. Yeah. It's this is something about when he goes on a birdie run. It's so much more exciting than a Jason Day birdie run. Yes. It just is. It I don't is. know what is that. I, I, don't, I don't either. I don't think it's uh, us who feel that way. It's everyone who feels that way. Yeah. It's when you're in the crowd. People just go nuts. It's I amazing. joked that like when he goes on birdie run, and like it feels significant. It feels historically <laughs> significant. People thought I was making fun of other people. No, I'm making fun of myself. Like yeah. every he makes three birdies. Like it is. Porter had like the best tweet of the week, and then he deleted it for some reason. It was just Elmo it just soaking up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the feeling that you get, like that excitement. Well, one of these times he's going to go on one of those runs and win one of these things, like from behind. It will happen. I think we all just kind of keep banking on it, or waiting, thinking that it's going to happen. That's how I think he'll win the Masters. Sometimes. Yeah, is he'll start the day four back, and no one will really expect yeah. it, and he'll throw a sixty-four out there that just absolutely like yeah. the guys in and behind him sort of start to melt. And What's funny is he's never he really had a charge from behind to win one yet. Yeah. I never count him out. Like yeah. even we were joking in our chat today, like, <laughs> like a couple scoring violations here and he could be back in this. <laughs> he could just go, well, you guys always just joke about that with Tiger. If Tiger just posted 54 tomorrow, <laughs> like he's really in this. Uh, that like, was, but yeah, get, getting around Burkdale, was a bit tough. I mean, I, I, I love being a part of the Open Championship vibe, and I would try to get there, you know, you know, Saturday, Sunday, early enough to go out and at least watch some holes, but I spent my time inside watching on TV just because I, I wanted to be able to understand what's going on in the tournament. There's enough good excitement going on that uh, I hated being that guy, but unless you're unless you're able to walk really close to it, man, there were just so many people out there. And I don't, That's not really a knock on Burkdale. It's actually probably one of the better links courses yeah. for viewing. But they set an open championship record for attendance this year, and the, I mean the crowds were just phenomenal. There's such fun, a fun group to be a part of too. Very few Baba Booies and very few dumb stuff that gets yelled, and just that whole vibe. I don't know. I watched the open championship so much as a kid, and just the sound of the applause on TV always sounded yeah. different, and like the way they applause for applaud for lag putts and yeah. everything is just it's awesome to, to soak up. But again, for golf viewing. Not the best, probably. I was trying to think, what are my favorite British Open venues? And I think that this one, it would certainly be up there. Like, just in terms of total, like, the number of golfers that can compete here, the number of great players who've won here. I kind of, you know, Southport isn't like, isn't like St. Andrews in terms of, like, it's all one little intimate town where you're bumping into players. But it's pretty great. Like, we can go and get food at 10 o'clock at night, and we can go wander around and have a drink at the pub. It's not like... Sandwich or whatever in St. George where you're ways away or right. where there's nothing there. Like, you know, in terms of like 
what are my top three uh, open venues? I, this one might, might yeah. sneak in there. And first and foremost, the most important, yeah, that's for like experience as well, but the golf course mm-hmm. itself is just, it's it's like a Pure. perfect links course. Yeah. It's so good. I know people were kind of ripping on the setup for Brandon Gray shooting 62 and the easiness, but the RNA, for all their flaws, they do a great job at letting the conditions dictate the scoring. I mean... Eight guys, so they, they set up a golf course essentially for a week, right? You're not, you can change it day to day, but you're not like making a course significantly tougher day to day. Eight guys broke par on Friday, and then somebody mm-hmm. shot a 62 Saturday. That's due to a difference in conditions. That's different winds, sunlight, rain, all that stuff. And you can't, you can't set up a course to be harder than they did because if it gets hard, I mean, Friday was hard, but not like horrifically hard, but if it gets harder than that, it turns into. You know, Carnoustie, you know, 99 and even 07 where the scores are plus six. And I just don't think that makes for a great, great so, tournament. So, I, I, you know, seeing a plus five, whatever, what powder going, I think at plus four, plus five, it was over par. Like, you know, we've talked a lot about par is kind of relative, but like, I don't mind seeing guys being able to make a move. Like, it's kind yeah. of fun to see guys get back in it if they're not necessarily like, that's what makes the bridge home. You, you. You slog your way through the tough days, and then all of a sudden you have a chance and you're still in it. Yeah. By the way, total strokes for this year's uh, British Open in the winter, 268, 267, 272 for the U.S. Open. So, speed, after all the complaining about how the U.S. Open was too easy, like... But it's par. You got to think about par. Remember how par important par is. Par is irrelevant. <laughs> um, no, I thought, I thought overall the golf course was a really, 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 really good. I thought the rough maybe could have been a little bit more punishing. Mm, yeah. I thought guys weren't... And it, but it was pretty well graduated. And if you're just off the fairway, I just didn't think there was really any punishment there. Because, sure. again, sometimes it be, it's beneficial to, if you're into the wind, to be able to hit a ball out of the rough and get it kind of under the wind, get a flyer, just get mm. not spinning as much. Um, but there just wasn't that fear of missing fairways. Now, mm. if you miss badly... There were some obviously some higher stuff, but again, you get the ropes are pretty close. So if you get it outside the ropes, stuff's pretty trampled down. Yeah. It's just not that punishing. So there was really not a premium on driving the ball accurately this week, which I'm I'm generally okay with because there's enough strategy that comes with missing the fa- even if you're missing the fairway, missing in the right places, having the right angle to get to certain pins. That it was still a really good really good setup and challenge. So um, yeah, maybe a little bit higher rough would have been a little bit a little bit better. I like golf courses that. Links courses that you, you can find your ball in the, in the heather, but it's just you can't go and hit a four iron out of it pure. And I thought it was maybe a little bit too easy out of some of that rough, but yeah. that's probably my only criticism criticisms of it. I thought the pins were in really really fun, good good places where, like some of the par threes today, they put them right on top of bunkers that I fell victim to when I played out here in March and saw like that you just you learn the lessons that stick in your mind. Like you can't fall for some of these pins, and it's a great test to the players. You know if you need to make a charge, but you need to learn to dial back from those pins that, you know, if you, even if you're hot, this is a par hole, not a birdie hole and stuff. So, super impressive, Burkdale. Yeah, I would, I would love to play her someday. Like, just a sort of beautiful uh, kind of the way that, um, you know, a certain kind of golf was, was birthed into the world. And, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I, it just seems like it was a fair test. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, if, if one day it's really hard and one day it's easy, that's okay. Yep. Like you just have to sort of judge it based on. And this. no one got that bad of a draw either. No. I mean, no, I know I knew the draw was really fair. Yeah, it, it was. That's that's a pretty rare for an open. Um, I know that their the Friday afternoon group got rain, which is affects some people more than others. And like I'm, a, I can't, I don't understand how they grip the club in the rain. I really don't understand it, and but and it doesn't seem to even affect them. Whereas, 
Some guys looked a little bit lost once the rain came, but I saw a, a, like on a, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was today, walking through, and Greller handed like a fan, like a dirty towel that he was using to keep the gloves, <laughs> and the fan kind of looked at it and was like, "Oh, a dirty towel, thank you." He's <laughs> <laughs> like Greller thought he's like doing a, a, a cool thing. He's like his, the guy's friends were like, "Oh, good one, John, your dirty towel. I bet you put that on your mantle." <laughs> Oh, people here are so nice. They are this so is such nice. a great, such a nice. Here's city. a great story that I thought was like I was walking with, um, I think it was Spieth yesterday, and we're walking up the ferry. You know, the ferries the who can be inside the ropes is very tightly controlled. Like they, if you're not don't have a green pass, like clearly, yeah, rubbing my face. <laughs> so uh, and a kid is walking with me, like a teenager, and I sort of looked at him and I didn't think of anything of it. And the marshal looks at him and he goes, uh, you know, where's your pass? And the kid's like, oh, uh, you know, I don't have it. It's, it's, um, it's, and he's like, come on. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he kid like jogs back and the guy's like, ah. And I was like, wow, like he snuck on to the course. Like, that's crazy. Like, you know, if that happened at the US Open, they would yeah. drag the person out of the parking lot and put them in handcuffs. And the Marshall guy was like, yeah, he was a bit sporting. No, he's fair. He admitted it right, to, right, right away. <laughs> so it's, it's no good thing. <laughs> no big deal. And I was like, these are amazing. They're so much fun. Like, <laughs> I will say, as, as critical as I was of some of the viewing, like the the logistics of that championship amazed me. Like yeah. the tunnels that they make and the pads and like the the pavilions and this. Like, it's yeah. a, it's a more of an exper- social experience there than yeah. it is like up here viewing. Unless yeah. you want to sit in a grandstand and watch every player come through, which is kind of tradition there. I think mm-hmm. um, it's just not designed for you to follow up guys, and that's what I like to do. Uh, but just overall, if you go, I mean, it's such a long day of golf. You can go, there's a little putt-putt thing. They had a cool putt-putt thing where they had little miniature versions of all kinds of different links holes, like a miniature road hole that you had to kind of putt around. And I thought it was cool. I would say that I've been to, I think, like 10 majors now. And in terms of, like, if there was a day that you and I walked with Rory to when we didn't have ropes credentials and we... Uh, we were still able to see stuff, mm-hmm. I think. We were able to kind of move around enough and anticipate enough, like, okay, we can see for the most yeah. part. I've been to, I mean, at Chambers, you know, everyone rips Chambers, but part of the reason was is you could not see anything yeah. if you were walking around. Like, you had to just basically sit there, and a lot of times you'd be looking into a mound. And so at least you know, some of these, you know, older courses, like, you can actually see stuff. Yep. At the Masters, what may, probably make, makes the Masters experience great no one's inside the ropes, so everyone's kind of at the mercy of it, and there's only whatever eighty thousand people or something that yeah. can be in there, and so there's always a little bit of a viewing. Unless you want to be right on twelve, you can always kind of see part of the hole, gotcha. part of the shot, and that's what makes it cool. And I think there was some enough of that there. It wasn't amazing, but you know, it's a course that's one hundred and fifty no. years old. So. I know for us being here, and a lot of people are asking me what I thought of Bones' first performance, we are, A, getting Sky Sports when we are watching on TV, and not even getting that much Sky Sports. So we didn't get didn't get to hear Johnny's takes, didn't get to hear, we read about him all Her over Bones Twitter. Her Bones was great. Her yeah. Bones was great. Well, I did hear some, some of people, it. Yeah. Some of it was, you heard some of it that some people were being critical Yeah, I saw somebody for Golf Week being critical, and I've heard people, before you even picked up a mic, some people criticizing that he wouldn't be good, so. I, I listened for about an hour on... Friday maybe and he was seemed really smooth like yeah. he just seemed to like be able to kind of give pretty good insight yeah. into it so you know and it's first time like yeah. he's gonna get gonna get better at telling stories live on air getting the rhythm down and everything I saw him in the production trailer and it just it looked totally weird to see him like yeah. as a media person and out like carrying 
like camera stuff or like audio stuff instead of carrying a bag. Imagine but, how weird it would have been if Phil had been in contention been and crazy. Bones was sitting there talking about just like trying his, to like guy. It would have been funny if like if Phil just put a driver back in the bag this week just to, <laughs> just to drive Bones nuts. Like I think I'm gonna hit driver Bones here. What do you think? Like driver on all these holes. And he's like crawling over people. Don't do it. <laughs> we were talking about this last night. When Phil is like fifty five or something, you know, or or when he when he's sixty and he has to make his last Masters of Performance, as soon as long as Bones' knees hold up, don't you think they get one oh, more yeah, like ceremonial walk? Without you know? doubt, everyone's asked me what's the real scoop on Bones, Phil. I I have asked every single person I know in yep. the industry, and everyone's reaction is the same. Is like they'll qualify it. Like I really do just think it's just the end of the road, and I've I've. I think I have no reason to think otherwise. I feel like 25 years is the exception to the rule. There doesn't need to be some big incident that causes the end. It maybe is just it's time. There's a reason caddy player relationships don't last 25 years. It's just a long time to spend with somebody. And I wonder. Now speaking of that, is our Greller and Spieth the new Phil and Bones? Are, we, are they going to do, be doing this for 25 years? So, oh, I meant to. Say, I meant to. I made note. Of, Greller was. A, so, amazing yeah but so as much as people get on speed for saying we a lot yeah what was on the 72nd green on the 18th green giving his presentation i forget exactly what he said i think it was something along the lines of this is half it's as much as mine is yours as it is yours yeah so everything everyone says we and people are like oh when things go bad he says we and then he says i it's like no that guy he gave greller credit immediately and I, i really do think that as much like you said greller was being like so getting his ass in shape. I don't know if you did. You didn't get to see the press conference afterwards. No. Him. So he said that on, I want to say, 7T, that, you know, earlier in the week, Jordan had tweeted out a picture of like, hey, I'm in Cabo with Michael Phelps yeah. and Michael Jordan or whatever. I don't know if it was earlier in the week, earlier in the, like, yeah. a month ago or something. So Greller said to him, I need to talk to you for a second. You know, he's imploding. You know, it's like he's made all his bogeys. He's lost his lead. He's like talking to himself. He's angry. And, and Greller says, I need to talk to you for a sec. You know that picture? Remember that picture that he tweeted out? You deserve to be in that picture. You are among He those. said this to him today. In, the, in during the round, on wow. the seventh tee. He said, you deserve to be in that picture. I need you to, to, to remember that. I need you to start understanding that yeah. and go play like it. And Jordan said, as he was standing over putts, like on eight and like ten, like short putts that he was nervy over or whatever, yeah. that he kept thinking that. He kept thinking, okay, you know, Mike's right. Like, I hmm. I, I can... Uh, That's he was fascinating. Like, he was like, I'm not... He's, and he said, I'm... Michael Phelps and Michael Jordan are the greatest players to ever do what they did. And Jordan was very clear. He's like, I'm not that. He said, but if you have enough belief in yourself, you can kind of like... Trick yourself Trick into yourself it. into doing it. And so in like a total chaotic madness of a moment, Greller... Earned every nickel of whatever percentage that he gets because I think Spieth, you know, he'd have shot seventy eight today if, if Greller had not been able to sort of be there, and that's that's what makes that work, and that's why I think Jordan really says we. I don't think it's like a no, you know, I want to deflect credit when no. you know it's it's that he genuinely believes. You know, and, that, and what's different from Tiger in that? Remember, Tiger, Tiger would say he wouldn't. I don't take Tiger would say I, but like the, the reason that his relationship with Stevie got bad is because. Like, he started to kind of blame Stevie when, yeah. you know, like on three at Augusta that year, it was like, well, Stevie thought it was a better play from down low. And, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't want to... <laughs> Never want to go that route. Yeah. Um, I thought, so let's go to Brandon Grace briefly. I know that there's a Twitter debate because we, you can't handle anything. Nothing can happen without people getting upset about it in some way. Brandon Grace is the first ever player to shoot 62 in a major championship. 
Um, yes, the course was set up easy. Yes, it's a par 70, etc. Uh, I made some Johnny Miller jokes, but Porath, I think our friend Porath pointed out, just like, all right, I'm out. now I can't do any more Johnny Miller takes. Let, let this 62 be the end of all of this Johnny Miller saltiness. I'm guilty of it too. I'm not above this, but sat- oversaturated market. I said this as well on Twitter where like, for a while, like Johnny became like our sort of crazy wind up doll of like, yeah. say something crazy, cranky old man, so that we can make a bunch of jokes about yeah. it. Like, and Johnny, to some extent, like liked playing along. Like he liked to say crazy things because he was like, eh, people are going to be talking about it. Uh, but I, I think you're right. Like the the parallels between like the Jeff Knox jokes and Johnny Miller jokes to me are pretty snicket. Like a, a good thing can never just be like left alone. Like no. even and I think we're both guilty of this. You, if there's a good joke, you kind of keep keep going keep back to the well. It, keep because it, and then a lot of people start making that joke. Yeah. And so. It needs to kind of like regress into like the the background for a while, and then we can make Johnny Miller or Jeff Knox jokes like right. five years from now. <laughs> but this one was kind of just like, I mean, it, his sixty three wasn't even at the Open. It was at the U.S. Open. It right. was the final round. It was a Sunday. Like no one, I don't know. It's 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 just a bit too if, much. If anyone shot sixty, if you and I or I shot sixty three, like in our local like yeah. club championship. We'd be walking around like Vince McMahon. I do that when I shoot like 73. <laughs> Strutting around, you know. And so I think Johnny has every right oh, to be definitely. really proud of that. And that, know? But that's I love him because he he's so honest and he's he's right in what he said. Yeah, of course it's set up easy. But it, it's funny to kind of make fun of it because it sounds bitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't. Golf no, I wanted to ask, is so much better because of Johnny. Oh, being without a, a doubt. Like it's, you know. People dislike Johnny. I love Johnny, but I love it mostly because he's very easy content and easy to make fun of. But he, he, he tells like, he's he's right. He's I have almost no, always look, right. I have no problem with like Frank Nabilo or Nota Begay, but they're like the polar opposite of like never say anything that's particularly controversial. You see them like when Brandel says Nota something. Nota especially. Uh, Frank, will, Frank will mix it up. That's time true. Time. That's true. But, you know, when, when Brandel says something that's kind of, you know, controversial, takes a dig, they're kind of like, I think... You're right. I would say that I'll withdraw my comments about Frank. But like, no, it'll be like, well, who knows? Right. Like, no, like your job is to give your opinion in those right. situations. And if your opinion is that you don't have one, then I'm not sure why I'm listening to your take. The like, golf world is so damn sensitive. That's yeah. why yeah. the people are hesitant to give their opinion. I'm now guilty of it too. And that if I make a passing comment about somebody, I'm going to get a phone call from someone like, hey, you said this about my client. And it's like, this whole industry is just so sensitive about everything. It, it's 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 really frustrating. If you're a basketball player who plays for like the Knicks, and you like don't perform in a big game, you will have to read in the tabloids choke choke choke. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely choke. If you're a golfer and you like lose a three shot lead in the U.S. Open, it's kind of like almost like verboten to call someone a choker. Like it feels like you're crossing a line there that's right. not really like. A, I like that though. I'm I'm there. I I just I do think there's a happy medium. I I I would never sort of sit here and advocate for the tabloid approach. Right. No. No. But I'm saying I think I think even in golf sometimes choke can get overused. Absolutely. Like Jordan, 16 Masters, that's choke. Sorry. I I really hate to label anyone. I'm not calling him a choker. I'm just saying that that was a choke. Phil at Wingfoot. Not that bad of a choke. Okay. I definitely don't think. Spieth at 15 at St. Andrews was a choke, and that was a headline but no. at yeah. one point. But um, Phil Wingfoot, I think he was he needed to make a par. I mean, I've always I said that it's a miracle that he stood on the 72nd tee 
with that lead. Like it is, yeah. he hit two fairways in one of the hardest roughs that we've ever seen. Like it was what it the I think the winning score was four over, six over, or something like that. Like it, it was yeah. over par. Yeah, yeah. And so the fact that he could somehow scrape it around, and I think he essentially before that double was like going to shoot par, like going to shoot like 71 yeah. or 72. So he's always said like his short game was the most unbelievable that it's ever been at that moment in his life. And that's why he was able to survive. And eventually the law of averages just kind of caught up with him. Yeah. And if he gets a different kick off the hospitality tent, <laughs> he probably is able to get that four iron around the tree, get it up around the green. Get it if there was the a range he could have dropped on over there. <laughs> That might have helped him. <laughs> there, you know, when the, the this open come when the open comes back to Burkeville in ten years or whatever, that range is going to be open. There needs to be a plaque on there, that I, range. I, was, I wanted to ask that question. Literally, I raised my hand like five times, and one of the questions I was mulling in my head was, should we put a commemorative plaque on the range from where you hit that ball? <laughs> It'd have been something if he like got that up and down like from there, like yeah. hit it on the green. And I mean, I but it was crack- the the, the, the 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 turning point. I made a crack about how like uh, that it was better than Sevy's like birdie from the car park, which I don't quite think is true. But like to be you, honest, you also said come at me, come with at that. me. Yeah. So you better have been convinced that was true. I was channeling my friend Shane Ryan in that sense, <laughs> just like trying to try to purposely troll, troll people. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Now, where, where, was that at St. Andrews that they hit it uh, right? No, it was Lytham. Lytham. So now, I'm sure they don't park the cars like right there. Like you No, there's not a car You park couldn't hit anymore. it into yeah. the car park yeah. now. It would just be a different sort right. of thing. So like the idea that you could hit it in the range here, it crossed no one's mind. No one's mind. Well, he didn't hit it in there, but he you know, take a drop from the range. This tournament was Shows you know the rules. Like yeah. know where you're allowed to take... Take a drop. I will say the sky watching golf on Sky Sports is just an absolute treat. It's, it's incredible. Really it's, it's incredible so how they flow from shot to shot in a way that you can't understand until you see it. You can't fathom that golf should be covered this way until you see it. And I think NBC Golf Channel do a good job overall. Yeah. But Better than it, some, it, I mean, so. let's not see. I'll say it. CBS is the absolute worst. We know that. <laughs> but like. It, it, NBC and Golf Channel looks so much better compared to CBS, but then you watch Sky Sports and it's like, there's like no commercials basically. They and I know they did play through commercials on on NBC this yeah. year, which is a huge Probably. step in the right direction. Yeah, totally, but uh, just the the subtle commentary and, and to a point though, I kind of miss. I feel like like the NBC people do a great job of building the drama and mm-hmm. when it, and today watching it didn't feel as dramatic as it was like if i'm if i'm listening to dan hicks and and, and johnny miller call it like it just feels big it yeah. feels like a big and so i kind of missed that i wish i would have got to see it i hope it could just a replay for in that regard but man getting to see sky sports is awesome it's it's just it, it all it's the really all great. they do this thing with shading on the green like where they'll yeah. put the shade on it mm-hmm. so you can really see the breaks in it and they do this like like putt tracker thing like all right if you take a firm line this is what you make it on if you take a lag line this is what you make it on and a lot of pro tracer and it's it's really good stuff showing good wind graphics and um man i I, i'm gonna have a hard time giving that up can you buy it in the states can you like buy a sky sports channel i do not think so although if fox gets the sky sports merger that goes through it wouldn't surprise me that if Hmm. you could get uh, like sky sports streaming this podcast is brought to you by sky sports (laughs) (laughs) turn to direct tv channel 496 i think actually fox being in the golf game might force cbs a little bit to kind of come into the new era a little bit. I, mean, I love how this this event couldn't be further from CBS. We're on the other side of the pond. It's not on CBS, and somehow I bring it back right. to CBS. Well, I mean, look, it, we all love Flow Tracer, and one I think the thing that's really was neat about the US Open 
was that you get Protracer from the middle of the fairway. From the fescue. Like, like CBS might have Protracer on two or three holes the whole thing. Yeah. It, it cannot be that expensive to do. I'm sure it's expensive, yeah. but that's probably part of what is required of a golf broadcast. Right. Like, they didn't used to put the shot clock on basketball games and the play clock for NFL. They didn't used to have a first down marker, like the, the red sort of laser line yeah. or whatever. All those things kind of came into like vogue because other like because ESPN innovated a lot and some you know when Fox got the NFL they innovated whatever. That's what I'd like to see CBS kind of get on board with. They can't just rely on like Tiger anymore. Like that's yep. not going to do it. I'm with you. Is there anything we missed? I had no. I jotted down Austin Connolly um, in that we got a tip. Before. We did. I mean, get a lot of tips going in, but there was someone that particularly told us. This guy Austin Connolly at five hundred to one is worth five bucks. I kind of regretted not putting it on him, and he didn't end up winning. But finished uh, top ten. I mean, yeah. we could have bet him to finish top ten. Major we shout out to that guy. I'm all in on that guy. That was yeah. impressive. He just gets. It looks like his clubs are oversized, and he just gets up and whacks it, and he plays about, really quickly. How about Cameron McCormick then, as a coach and a teacher? Like, you know, um, the stock is stock is rising daily. Um, I got to give a shout out to Alex Noren, my boy. Um, oh boy. I've been sure. really hard on his major record. Uh, people have bastardized that take and okay. ruined it. Like I, they've exaggerated my take on that. But uh, play better. Yeah, yeah, play better. Play better. And he did, <laughs> and he did. Better. So uh, shout out to Norton for that finish. Um, I see I a big topic there at the end of the, your list. There, that, uh, what can we do to save Twitter? Is what I wrote down. Do we have another hour for the podcast? Like it. Uh, it. I don't. I don't. I don't have. I, I, that question is for you. I don't okay. have an answer to this. Like it, it's an ex. Today was so crazy that I enjoyed not being able to read mentions. Like everything was happening too fast, and yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it. Uh, for the most part, so I said something today about how, uh, and I was talking with Charles Howell about this today actually. That Tiger numbed us to what greatness is, yep. and that it doesn't look like what Speed is doing is great. Mm-hmm. And the responses were, Speed is nowhere in the same category as Tiger. <laughs> I'm just like, how do how do we get there? I just don't. I know that people listening to this aren't the people that are the the dumb people on Twitter, but I don't. Ah, it it's driving gotta, me away. Uh, I got a, a thing where I was like, I mentioned the thing about uh, Cooch and his caddy talking about Bridgestone, or whatever. Uh, you know, as like a isn't this awesome? Like Cooch anecdote, like they're talking about their job for Bridgestone yeah. when he's tied for the lead to make championship. And I got a thing that was like, oh, so now we're policing what uh, caddies should say to their players in the middle of the round. <laughs> And I was like, this is literally the dumbest. The leaps that this people is make. The dumbest response. I'm, sometimes awesome. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm just impressed that people can think to take it in that direction. But I know it shouldn't matter. But it uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that Twitter Trump ruined Twitter. <laughs> Who's taking Not that? good. <laughs> Not, Not good. good. <laughs> uh, was a, the funniest thing about, uh, the funniest tweet I've read this month that was like, uh, Twitter 2009. Like, wow, this is really cool. Like, Shaq is on here and he like responds to people. And it was like, Twitter 2017. Wow, the insane president's like crazy son is like tw- live tweeting his treason. Like it's just like Twitter has evolved, and oh. I'm sure will continue to evolve yeah. in ways that we can't possibly understand. But it does. It's not as fun in some ways as it used to be because tone is sort of hard to convey. Yeah. And and look, we're just in golf Twitter. Like I know politics Twitter oh. and like you know economics Twitter, NBA Twitter. I mean every sort of. Sport has their own niche, and you know NBA Twitter thinks it's like the coolest Twitter or whatever. And you know, uh, I don't think we really either of us really dive into that all that much. No, uh, I don't know. There's like a fight for being the cool. I don't know. I don't, there's know a there's cool a cool, I don't even think. Here's what happens: 
basketball Twitter doesn't even know that golf Twitter exists. <laughs> That's how much they're lucky. Basketball Twitter is they're, in their own. They're lucky. World. Yeah, <laughs> we got sucked into this vortex. It's I'm just, honestly like though it's always so fun when something crazy like this happens. Yeah. Totally. To see all the creativity that some people show and like the cool things, like right. you almost feel like you have to go back though, like an hour after these things are over and like soak it all catch in, catch up and laugh yeah. at the jokes or whatever. It's like they can't all be the, the, the big moments when you just joke. get twenty tweets in a row saying just nonsense. I love them. I'm sorry, they're great. I know everyone says the same thing, but I love that part. I just think it's so fun. Just I, I don't even like think what I say. Just just type words, usually all caps, and just do it. And there were several of those moments today, so. Ah, uh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited for Spieth. I think uh, three majors by the age of 23 is pretty damn special. And I mean, one again, I've, I've made the point maybe in every single episode of this podcast how people forget how many majors four majors is for Rory. Spieth's got like 16 more majors till or something like that to get to Rory's age to get to four as well. I mean, my take of Spieth winning eight majors is not that crazy right now i don't think it is we always everyone's so oh, eight majors is so much and it is i also said five green jackets <laughs> <laughs> well if he had won i know. i was giving him this year and then i was like i think he wins three more so i if i could adjust it i'll say he'll win four masters five green jackets is a ton that's a, that's a lot of green tigers jackets. only got four i i know that <laughs> but i also in the same take gave rory 10 majors it was right after spieth won the u.s open so they they held all four and I thought they were going to win like a lot of them. You I know, still do. I still think Rory's going to win eight or nine majors, I think. I, I, I still think that him being the best European of all time is very much in play. Yeah. I just, it depends on how long he wants to play. Right. Like, does he want to play at 45? Like, I think his swing and his, like, commitment to fitness is going to mean that he's still going to be able to hit it a long, long way. And, uh, you know, he, I, it just, I don't know if he's going to be out there grinding it. No, who knows? You know, in it. But if Phil can compete for a, a British at 46 last year, then Rory could certainly compete I think so. for a PGA at 46. It was sad to see Phil kind of bow out this year. I yeah. Kind of just got, knowing that what happened last year had some kind of effect on him, I think. Yeah. You have the, like one of the top five maybe major performances of all time and you don't win. It's got to just affect you in some way. But Is he is he done? No. Competing? No. no. For majors? No. Nope, not at all. This right. was a year ago. He was... Giving us this unreal performance. I he's not done. We just talked about Tiger that careers in like NFL careers, yeah. and this is my background really before I came to golf, and gradually and then rapidly, yeah. like you drop off a cliff. And so it's not like that with golf, though. Just not for the most part. We I well, think we're fooled into that. thinking that because, uh, but like you know, Arnie never won one after thirty four. Tiger never won one after thirty two. Which is crazy. It's so crazy. Tight. He never won one for 32. Phil never won one before 33. So That's, at that point, yeah. <laughs> think about when we thought, when DJ won at Oakmont, he was older than Tiger was when he won at Torrey. Was he really? Yeah. That's my, one of my favorite stats. Wow. We thought that DJ's career was like just beginning. Like it was like, oh, DJ's finally ascended and now he's got a ton of majors in him. And Tiger, at that point, Tiger's majors career was wow. over. Mm. It all comes back to Tiger. It always does. <sighs> should. It always should. <laughs> All right, you've got some Love writing you, Kat. to do. Come back. If, I mean, if you want to. If only listening. if you want to. Otherwise, take my advice and become a teacher. <laughs> Go read my column on ESPN.com. Um, excellent work this week. Really enjoyed reading your writing. You were kind of, um, what's the word, 
on on Spieth. You were kind of calling it like this is going to be kind of historic if he does this. And uh, I got a little tight in the middle of the round thinking, <laughs> damn it, damn it, I wasted. Somebody sent me a tweet that was like, Jason Sobel and Kevin Van Valkenburg need to ESPN need to stop anointing Spieth. There's a lot of golf to be played. And in the middle of the round, I was like, oh, man, that guy's right. <laughs> and then in the end, I wanted to retweet it and be like, how'd this tweet work out for you, man? Huh? Are you feeling good about it? In the end, my, again, I... Twitter stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when Kyle is tweeting Elmo gifts. Oh, God. <laughs> Ending on that. Speed like, coming up <laughs> What do you? What would? Uh, did Mr. Player have anything to? Did you see Mr. Player getting quite upset on Twitter this week? <laughs> so, did, so uh, let me let's ex- you explain. Okay, so uh, go, uh, I'm going to screw up the Twitter handle. Uh, Golf green jacket auctions or some green uh, green jacket bids <laughs> tweeted something about. <laughs> did I nail that. Uh, tweeted something about how the play the former champions were responsible for engraving their own name on it i used and, to love the like the clerk jug was awesome until gary player won and made them engrave his name twice as long and he, twice and as get, the picture is gary player's name just huge and gary player responds <laughs> that is not true fake news how dare you i would never do such a thing <laughs> oh as always we're gonna end on that <laughs> Kevin, thank you for an awesome week. We're off to Liverpool tomorrow to play a little golf and then off to London for a few... If you guys haven't heard, I play a little golf. Um, oh, you golf? Right. Congratulations, Jordan Spieth, 2017 Open Championship winner. And uh, we'll catch you guys again soon. Thank you, sir. You bet. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Yeah! Ronnie, that's... Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!